You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of the Scottish Football Forums podcast. It's the two Johns and Chris Owen, and it's Smash and Grab the sequel. How you doing? <laughs> Yeah, good. Smash and grab the sequel. I take it away. That's great being there for the Sunday's game. Aye. It's episode 16. Uh, for those that are counting. <laughs> so, shall we go back to last midweek then? And uh, the quiet Edinburgh Derby? It was quiet. It was no goals. Aye. Nothing like to talk about. Pretty boring game and all that. Not much happened, yeah. Aye, there was the. I mean, a lot of people didn't get their money's worth and threw it away. That must be a nice. Edinburgh, though. Pound coins. Aye, true. So, yes. A few incidents to talk about. <laughs> yeah, sadly, none of them on the park. Um, well, I don't know, there was an offside goal. Offside go, I can barely send it off. Aye. Right decision with the offside go? Aye, I think so. Yeah. And that is almost what sparked went, what went on. If you can say sparked it, because depending on where you stand, uh, it depends on whether you think that you're winning right or wrong. But Personally, I don't think anyone deserves to be thrown half uh, coin thrown at them at their work. Um, unless maybe they're on the street and they're selling busking or that. That's where they throw a coin. <laughs> but yeah, generally, it's not acceptable behaviour. Yeah, I mean, it's not like throw coins at buskers, is that? What's it? What's that? It's not like to throw money at buskers. I think we should throw money at buskers' hats, not buskers themselves. Folk throw coins at the, the hat or whatever. Aye. But aye, when hats on the ground, that is not on their head. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> that's a different kettle of fish altogether. I mean, yeah, all joking aside, I think it's um, it was terrible what's happened. I mean, the the question should Neil Lennon react um, be reacting to hats or fans or not? That's that's a debate for another day. It doesn't excuse, um, you know, people throwing things at him. It's and for people to come out and try and say that he's, he deserved it, he brought it himself. I just think it's ridiculous, and it just sums up the, um, you know, the modern age way. Social media, well, social media is good. It does create a platform for idiots to go spout hatred, and that's exactly what you got in the aftermath. And yeah, it's just just not. On. I mean, it's equivalent as you say, John, of what. Um, someone giving abuse to someone in work, that person reacts with a, um, a wee gesture and they get something thrown at them. Um, it's just not on. Not on at all. No, the, the sad thing is it's not even the first time this season we've seen this. We've obviously had the linesman at Almondville. Oh, sorry, the Tony Macaroni Arena uh, a few weeks ago and when, uh, obviously we're playing Rangers. Um, we've, had, I've lost count of how many times things have been thrown at uh, in, like, certain Rangers games and over the years, obviously, there's a few one back then. But even recently, it's been there's just stuff getting chucked in on Sunday, or sorry, Saturday, lunchtime. We had the uh, 
when I was getting some chucked on, Tony Fitzpatrick was saying somebody chucked on one of his players as well. Thank you, Kate Sansom. Aye. So it's just, there just seems to be this sudden burst of things being thrown at boilers and stuff again, which. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then you had the, t- the, the linesman getting hit by coins as well, and the, then the goalkeeper, um, he's just trying to retrieve the ball, and some um, little heads Ned decides to punch him. Um, and again, that sparks more social media um, stupidity, you know, people saying, ah, he's acting it, you know, by. You know, by play acting the way he did, and the same with Lennon going down as if he's been shot. Get a grip, guy, guy stop trying to use that sort of thing as a defence. It's just not on. Um, no. The boy, I mean, these people try to do stuff at the work. Whether you like Neil Lennon or not, and I'll be honest, I'm not particularly a fan of the way Lennon conducts himself, but he doesn't deserve to be getting hit, and neither does a goalkeeper for retrieving the ball to take a by kick. Yeah, it's just. But- there's, there's never any excuse for us, and it invariably comes from people that have been given out abuse for 90 minutes in the stands as well. Uh, to then get a bit back, like Neil Lennon winding up the Hearts fans for the offside goal or whatever, then to get something back and then go, or oh, somebody in a snowflake, <laughs> you get happy stuff. It's just. Mm-hmm. People uh, have a bit of responsibility for themselves here. Yeah. I can understand the debate, because we've had debates like this before in terms of players winding up fans and all that type of thing but yeah if the fans are going to give it from 90 minutes to the players or managers whatever they need to maybe be thick skinned and take a wee bit back as opposed to going crying and uh, jumping mm-hmm. and humming and hawing um, exactly maybe, maybe a slight well, reaction I think I don't know it's different players maybe should know better as well managers maybe should conduct themselves a little bit differently but I can understand in the heat of the moment and he's been getting abused mm-hmm. for a long time exactly. gives me a bit back he maybe did go over at the top but that doesn't excuse the fact that uh, he shouldn't have had a coin thrown at him um, no, and sometimes it actually adds to the game that they get like if, if the if you get a reaction out of the player or the manager or as, as then Sometimes it can add to the atmosphere of the game. It can be quite a good thing. Um, let's take Sunday, for example. Yeah. This boy scores a penalty. He's away celebrating in some weird dance and showing off his big belly. And it's funny. And not one Aberdeen fan reacted to it. So there's nothing wrong with doing that kind of thing because as far as boy's concerned, he's got a bit of abuse. He's then been able to give it back by scoring against that team. So there's no harm in that aspect of it. If, if that's all it is... It's the problem isn't the reaction. The problem is the coins getting thrown and the attacks and goalkeepers, and that's the the problem, not the reaction from the, the, the person in the park. Yeah, yeah. Chris has admitted that he enjoys the being a pant wing villain and all that type of thing. Yeah. And to be like, I, I, to be fair, I think again, I, if the fans are giving it, he gives a wee bit back. Fair enough. Uh, I did like Stephen yeah. Thompson. No comment about it. It was the worst fortnight celebration ever because if you've got kids or that young kids, they know how to do the fortnight dancing. Um, but yeah, he was loving it. Um, Boyd, so he's got a. I was going to say I'm a hate relationship with Aberdeen fans, but yeah, because they don't like each other. Yeah, I, I mean, I think but, a lot of the cast boys. I think he was taking good. I, I think he was taking good fun. Yeah. Because he get. I think Boyd gets that way. I don't think it's exclusive to Aberdeen fans. No, we, we give him belters and all, but to be honest, I, I don't know what he does when he scores against us because he's only ever done it once. Yeah, 
I think um, you know a lot of the bo- the boy stuff is some of the stuff that he writes, and I don't like um, a lot of stuff that he writes. Um, but I've chosen not to read it um, recently. That's how you know I don't react. But you know it's fair enough. He scored a goal. He celebrated the way he's entitled to, and Aberdeen fans didn't give any reaction. Do you know fair play both sides for that? Um, and that's the way it should be. It's just a shame that you know other people don't take it the same way, and it's now brought up the whole. Debate about do we do do we get in strict liability? Well, let's be honest, Turkey's are more likely to vote for Christmas this year than strict liability coming in. So, but how do you stop? How do you stop people throwing coins? It's not as if you can say, no, you're not getting in. You've got a coin. Because <laughs> they need it I, to buy something. I would tend to agree with the strict liability thing to a point. Um, I have a, several problems with it. One, I don't think you should be docking points because that punishes the the players themselves and the managers and everybody that's involved are actually earning those points um, I don't trust our uh, governing bodies to police it properly because they can't really police anything um, but if the strict liability was limited to things like if you're going to throw coins we're going to shut stands that's what it should be punish the fans yeah. not, the, the, not the clubs I mean the clubs will suffer from uh, like losing revenue coming into the club but I don't think there's any way to get around that aspect of it. But if that's all the punishment is, then fair enough. But yeah, I, I always thought shutting stands. There was talk we had a discussion a few years ago about it, though, and all clubs agreed no. Yeah. Only four clubs voted for it. What's that? Only four clubs out of 95 voted for it. That was just that Mike Mulraney was given last night on uh, Sportsound. It's um, always like the sitting thing as well. Like It was always the whole thing about sectarian sign or whatever type of sitting, whatever type of sitting it was. How do you punish it? <laughs> there was talk that there was threats for long enough that it was going to get punished, but nothing about really happened. Apart from Europe, whereby in Europe um, there's a bit more scope to punish bands, clubs, etc. Um, so yeah, what does it take? What does it take before they hand out punishments? Yeah, it's going to take something getting hurt. But even then, the lines got hurt a few weeks ago. So apparently that isn't enough either. It's going to be serious for anybody that doesn't. But I think there is the wider issue that's been brought up by Neil Lennon um, and the fact that it's not just a football problem, it's a society problem with the anti-Irish mentality and anti-Catholic mentality, which Lennon's had since the day one that he set foot in Scotland. Um, he's not the only one. I mean, we've had like bombs and bullets being sent to... Like, now again, was one of them. Um, Paddy McCourt was another um, so the, the, there's certainly that aspect of it as well which is a society problem it's not a football problem so I don't think a football solution is going to be the, the way to go there but um, th- there is things that football can do um, I don't agree with the I never did agree with the offensive behaviour at football actually um, because I think that was a a very niche market thing to try and solve a problem in society um, so I don't think that kind of thing is the way to go I think Football needs to police itself, and I think that the politicians should be left up to dealing with society's problems and not just focusing on the football. Um, if they can, two of them can go and do that in some sensible way, that'd be great. Because I think that's the only way it's going to stop. I would love to think the fans could self-police themselves. Clearly, they can't. It's amazing um, that you mentioned the offensive behaviour football. That was only brought in on the the back of a Scottish Cup tie in 2011. A bit of an overreaction. Um, when well, you consider, most of most of the things that happened on that game were on the park. Yeah, 
you yeah. know, way. Um, there was, there's no fear of seeing it just for percent off. Uh, uh, there was uh, the touchline thing with Lennon and the Christ, which was still to this day, don't know what was said. Um, but yeah, it was all it was all on the park. I don't think there was any major issues in the stand. I was at the game myself that night. Uh, there was no real major number of increase of rests around the sta- in and around the stadium either. It was just it was a nighttime game between Celtic and Rangers, and uh, there wasn't anything unusual about it that night. But that just because it happened to be near an election time, sparked the SNP off and going along. Crusade to stamp out all this problem within football because obviously there's no issues elsewhere in society apart. Yeah, interesting enough, going back to the, the game itself, there's obviously been an announcement earlier on tonight, or the call on Tuesday, that both teams have been faced with potential punishment. They've got to the 15th of November to, to plead their case, but it's actually not for headed into the fans, it's to do with the behaviour of the players on the pitch when Camberry gets sent off. Okay. Yeah. The moment is just buying Hearts and Hubs games because they're going to too much trouble. <laughs> and not, you don't get any goals in them, they're not worth the bother. Well, if we talk about it, this is the one thing we made me laugh is how many times have we got really excited about an Edinburgh Derby or have we plenty of goals in it this time? This is going to be the one to watch. Even last week, I was saying things like, oh, it's a shame we've done these Celtic games on at the same time because I would love to watch that game. And I did at one point have a laptop and my phone and I had the Hearts Hubs game on my phone and the Dundee Celtic in my laptop and I eventually just turned the Hearts Hubs game off because I wasn't interested I mean the fact that Dundee Celtic was such a great one-sided game from our perspective probably helped a bit but I mean I I said it at half time um, on Twitter that Dundee Celtic was such a one-sided game that if I wasn't a Celtic fan I'd probably flick over and watch a Hearts Hubs game because for me it was great to watch from a Celtic perspective but as a contest it was nothing I watched that. And the game wasn't that exciting. It was that way. I watched the It was a game whereby you could have watched it. Maybe it wasn't the best game, but you always think something's going to happen. And there was enough in it to keep you interested, I thought. Yeah. I, I don't think there was much great football play, which was surprising, because I thought there might be. But then in these types of games, I don't think you often do get great football played. I don't even think in Rangers Celtic games or Derby's. Often, I think often they're a disappointment. Or quite often as well when you get two te- two big teams playing each other, they can't sweep each other out on that. I'd rather see a game whereby it's probably mid-table. Something like that. It's a bit more interesting. Yeah. You get the odds good teams one. End, teams end up adapting their formation. They try and like uh, counter the other team. Just play your own football, your own style, and just go for it. Um, and, and the context of the game though as well, both Edinburgh clubs never struggling a wee bit. I know Hearts are talking about struggling with fit with injuries um, and stuff because of the dark same problem at the weekend as well. Um, which will come on to. That's them only won two out of the last five hips. I've got two losses and a draw out of the last three. So after all the praise they've been getting, they're now having a wee mini struggle. Um, as the table gets even closer between first and eighth place now, eight points separating first and eighth. Yeah, I've seen this stat do the rounds a few times at the weekend and I'll have to laugh at it because it ignores the fact that the four of those eight points are between second and third. <laughs> so, yes, it's great to see how tight it is between first and eighth, but it needs a wee bit of context as half of that gap comes to second and third. There's three points between third and eighth. That's the real tilt story. 
games in hand though as well. Teams have got games in hand. Yeah. Teams. Yeah, well, obviously Celtic can go top of the league there if they win their game in hand. Um, Rangers would be sort of a couple of points at Hearts if they win theirs. I think Hibs have got a couple. I've got a game in hand over the two above them as well. It's a bad day actually. So yeah, it could be even closer. But again, there's that whole. It's third to eighth through the the, the bunches. First and second are a wee bit further ahead. Yeah, but I think Hearts will get dragged back into it. I think we spoke about that last week. They may well do, yeah. Yeah, I think they will. Um, they're also missing too many key players, and um, and then Saturday they just get absolutely destroyed. Um, but Craig Levine's had missing, he got the tactics wrong. Um, but Celtic played real well, obviously. That's now, what, 23 goals in five games? Yep, 10 goals this week. Not bad. Yeah. And only two can see in that period. Yeah. Enough, enough. We've got to play in the bloody final. Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully they beat like hopefully they beat Leipzig this week in Europe, and then that means they have to go to Rosenberg and play for a victory, um, which could tie them for the final. So there's that theory to think about. Whereas if they get beat off Leipzig this week, they'll probably send the reserves over to Rosenberg and focus in the final. So good luck, Celtic this week. Hopefully the goals are dried up by December. Uh, yeah. But yeah, they're, they're hitting a different gear now. Uh, I think we talked about it a wee bit last week when Brilliant and Cham get injured and you think, oh, they're struggling in midfield. Whereas actually their midfield's maybe potentially never looked better all season. Carlo McGregor's become yeah. kind of, some kind of pillow, but a wee bit of pace. Deep line playmaker <laughs> and Christie is, from going to at the start of the season, we're all thinking Christie's probably going to be his way. Can I peter out his career at Celtic? Looks like he's going to sign a new deal. Um, Edward is Edward's looking like football's easy. He's with that Forrest can he stop scoring? Um, even Scott Sinclair's contributing again. Bloody Tom Rodrich, well enough about him. Uh, and yeah, they're, they're starting to look pretty good. Still, I would say felt slightly vulnerable in defence, but they're not conceding many goals recently. Even it, even the defence is a bit more solid now because we've got Benkovic and Boyata playing alongside yeah. each other week in week out, which is good. We've finally got a bit of consistency there. We're actually, I mean, we've even got Aya coming back for injury. He's played a couple of games recently as well, so that's good to have as well. So finally, the defence is looking a little bit more settled, which is good. I'm still concerned about Eduard having to play every single game every single week because yes, that's I mean that's two games a week at moment having to play up front himself that's a tyrant that ask him so it's good that he's getting support for like Sinclair and Forrest and like, Christie's chiming in with goals as well and uh, McGregor what you mentioned he's thriving in that role where he's, he's holding the midfielder effectively now um, I, I wasn't overly convinced by McGregor out wide when he's trying to get him in the team alongside Rodgick but now I've managed to figure out a way to get them both in it's going to be difficult for Scott Brown to get back in the team as well as in Jam, obviously. I mean, who'd have thought that a couple of weeks ago? It's a good option, yeah. though, isn't it? Aye, they've certainly um, got lots of options. Um, I would think Brown will walk back in the team when he's fit, but um, it might be harder for Jam the way McGregor's playing. But the one that's really um, kicking on is, uh, is Ryan Christie. You know, yeah. we've been mentioned a few times. I mean, last couple of months, um, Aberdeen I th- I threw the towel in, and I didn't think he had. I thought when he was going back to Celtic, it would be a matter if he was loaned out or um, sold to like, an English championship team or something like that. But um, fair play to him, he's knuckled down, he's been given a chance to the team, and he's taken it three goals in three games, back in the Scottish squad, and I'll we'll touch on that later, um, and getting a new deal. So it's all looking good for him, and 
Not good luck to him, just not when it comes to the second December. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, Christy has taken his chance. He's been given, uh, and but this is what you want your squad players to do. Here's a chance for you to show what you can do. Why not grab it with both hands? And he's done exactly that, um, and he's been terrific for us. So, I mean, long may that continue. I, I, I have never really been a big fan of Christy, even when he was at Inverness. Um, I, I seem to just not play when I was watching. So it's like, it's like, there's been a few players like that. You know who, probably the most biggest name for like not being that good when I'm watching is Zlatan Ibrahimovic. <laughs> <laughs> he, he never has a good game when I'm watching. It's very strange. Um, I've seen, obviously seen like highlights and stuff. And, uh, he's been terrific and amazing. But um, uh, he was never that good. But Christian is another one. If I was watching, he was never that good. Obviously, I've been watching um, some of the games recently, so uh, he seems to finally shaking that off. But, uh, I think I've always found with Ryan Christie is he's he's one of the kind of modern type Scottish players. He's not a traditional uh, maybe Scottish type player that we produced maybe the last say fifteen twenty years. He's more European in style. He, he's even got that mm-hmm. kind of European huffiness about him. <laughs> things aren't going his way. Kind of shrugging his shoulders and starts getting involved in like daft things that he doesn't need to but ability wise there's no question his ability at Aberdeen at times he could be unplayable especially in that number 10 role I think John and me always agreed playing number 10 always a chance he's going to either create or score yeah. he was asked to play wide or different positions not quite as effective but in that final third he can make things happen um, and credit to him because I think as I said before I think most folk thought he would maybe just at best maybe be a squad player this year if that because he was struggling to get he had in the squad at the start of the season then he was left out a wee bit <laughs> and yeah he's taking his chances just now so mm-hmm. if we can keep it going he's in the Scotland squad as John mentioned mm-hmm. uh, yeah he's only 23 as well oh um, he's, still, he's still young can, can, can part of him which is great I think um, my, my, my one disappointment for um, beating Hearts 5 now was that Carl McGregor didn't score that uh, chance that started off with Craig Gordon taking the piss. Yeah. So that's, that's two games in a row he's done that because he not bet somebody in the Dundee game as well. And then it's probably a little flick in it against Hearts. It's just, he's getting a little bit too cocky for my liking. But uh, it worked. So, uh, if, I, 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 if McGregor had scored that, that would have been goal of the season. Surprised you this about the summon a five nil victory. Um but I seen that your forgotten man, um for Man City came on against Dundee and then get promptly injured. So, and he's oh, Rani, yeah. Yeah, yes. he's he's taken a bit of time to get up to speed without playing Celtic, got about ten minutes against Dundee and he's done his UCL so he's out for the season. Um in the the brief time that we seen him, it looked like he might have something about him. I honestly don't know. Ten minutes was not enough. RCL <laughs> as well. End of the season. Yeah, um it's about a wee spate of this at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's obviously not from the Stephen McLean incident. That would have been a different story. Yeah. But I, I think Edward's take his potential to take it to a different level with the way he plays up front. Mm-hmm. It just makes it look effortless, I think. Yeah, well, well, what you say, well, the, the big test of Celtic now is going to be the home game against Leipzig and Thursday. Um, I don't really know what to make of that, to be honest. Uh, we're, we're obviously hitting great form domestically at the moment. In Europe, it hasn't been as great, but at Celtic Park, with those fancy new lights that we're finally going to turn on, 
before the game, game. I'm dead excited to see this. They've been banging on about it for months now. I'll make sure I'm there. I'll buzz the night, make sure I get can see what's happening. How are you getting to go? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's getting to go. Is it not ridiculous expense? It's not two million or something. Ah, it was a couple of million quid. I think that was including the upgrade of the floodlights, which was necessary for European football because you have to complain. But yeah, they added in these fancy disco lights on there. Uh, yeah, I hope yeah, they'll go worth it. I'd rather have a couple of players in the summer, I must admit. But yeah, no, but for a couple of million quid, we've got the kind of quality we want. That's the kind of bracket that we don't really sign good quality, we get rubbish. If you want to get good quality, you either get a bargain or you get it about four million quid. The point of two million is where we struggle. Christmas treat the Christmas lights aren't going to be quite as effective this year, are they? I don't think I've got a couple of money I can spend in them. But aye, may as well move on to Aberdeen. Uh, midweek, Kunko win over Hamilton 3 0. Best in was James Wilson's goal, certainly. Uh, Scott Wright, a couple of assists. Yeah. Clean sheet. Um, team was pretty much the same as what started uh, the semi. I'll say we'll win. Go on to the so I that was all good. Are you using utter rubbish at Rugby Park? Well, it's still one. I think rubbish is harsh. First half, <laughs> I, I I got I got to the game, got a lot nice and nice and early. Uh, Spectres a tough, tough game. Uh, much as we've got a great record there. Come on, getting the first half, I thought were really clever. Clark's tactics were seemed to be to, to have the full blacks playing like winners. Um, so O'Donnell and Taylor. We're pinning back Mackay, Steven and McGinn. Um, just could not get into the game. Couldn't strain a couple of passes together. Anytime we did get the ball, it was quite often just McKenna or Devlin playing up the channel with, and nothing was sticking. Kalarik were running every first ball, every second ball. Had a few chances early doors as well. There was a Boyd header. O'Donnell had a couple of chances. And Kalarik first... They weren't great, but they certainly were far the better side. Um, the penalty... The time I saw it, I thought it wasn't a penalty. I still think it's a soft penalty when I've seen it back. Obviously, Kamarik did score, and I think at that point, Kamarik and I think they do this quite often. If they do go ahead, they they don't know how to build on the lead, so they always at that at that point they didn't know what to do because the last few weeks obviously they've come from behind. What the last was it five of the last six games? Aye, they'd won four in a row, haven't been behind, they came back from behind to draw with Hamilton. Um, but I think at that point, um, they obviously had Brophy missing and had uh, Stuart missing, so you know, that, that's obviously why Boys was in the team at the start. Um, maybe some of them might have helped them um, building a one goal lead, we don't know, but thankfully they weren't playing. Um, regarding the penalty, I don't think there's any question it was a penalty, I think it's a challenge that Logan doesn't need to make. Um, you know, the Burke <coughs> wasn't really going anywhere, um, it was just speedless, just <laughs> don't do anything daft and dead. And there's not really much I can play for Aberdeen players that says it all. Um, the first half was really poor. Um, I th- we certainly played second half. I, mean, I think what helped was um, taking ball off and 
putting on Steve Marine, having those first and drop back for Shenny. I think that's where Ferguson is more effective. Um, I know McKenna says he was our only player that turned up in the first half, but I still think he was more effective um, playing alongside Shenny in the middle. Um, what I would say is definitely that does not help us is same as in the, the League Cup semi. Wilson, I don't think, is a striker that can play up front himself. He, no. Very frustrating. Again, he was getting a fair bit of stick from the crowd, which I think was undeserved because he was getting isolated a lot and nothing was sticking for Aberdeen, like nothing at all. He definitely has ability, as shown by the goal last midweek, but he needs someone playing near him. And see when we brought on May... He was much better. His movement was better because he, ha- he knew he had someone he could play off. Uh, May came mm. on, I thought, changed the game. Uh, again, May's work rate is terrific. Just, if he could get a few goals or something, it would be great. But his all-round play it is fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. And then, obviously, Anderson comes on as well. Again, Anderson offered great movement as well. Um, natural striker, instinctive goal, caused mm-hmm. their defence all kinds of trouble. Started mm-hmm. doing things that Wilson hadn't been doing, like dragging Broadfoot out, dragging Finlay out, and they could not cope with me and uh, Anderson. Um, and then me for the, the winner, um, it's his kind of clever low pass that creates the opportunity for the free kick. And Ferguson again shows massive confidence because he was May wanted to hit it, who would usually maybe hit it from there if McGinn's not on. And Ferguson grabbed the ball and was basically like, no, this is mine. And then mm-hmm. showed the awareness and Again, game intelligence to wait till McDonald moved and then slot it in. Just terrific. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he was the only player again who was offering anything. Um, like you mentioned there, John, about him dropping deep in midfield. I think he can do all the kind of midfield positions. But mm-hmm. he was telling the fact that he was the one that was demanding the ball. Even in the first half as well, you see him in midfield, he was doing more of the talking. Shinny have had his best game, so maybe that was a kind of partly uh, the reason for maybe Shinny not being as vocal. Is what he normally is, but mm-hmm. again, it's just he's different class. He's really, really good. And the big thing I think is his game intelligence. That's what makes him stand out. Yeah, he's, he's cleverer than a lot of other players in the league. Yeah, he's definitely yeah, a player that um, we end up selling for a good bit of money. Um, and he's on the full year contract. Hopefully, going to send a new one already. But um, yeah, he was. He was excellent hard on and Sunday, and sorry. Um, and Bruce Anderson, he came on, great movement for, for his goal and a good, good little um, finish. Um, and then we've done well to see the game. I think McKinnon definitely got better as the game went on. They were obviously pulled about in the first half because I don't think Shinny had particularly... Not, yeah, Shinny didn't play great. Um, ball wasn't offering much protection and Logan, um, again, wasn't great. But second half, team was much better. We all had two shots in the whole game, but... Only one well, stat matters in football. football. They win the game, and do you know it puts us having, you know, it puts us in touch with the top six again. You know, Cass mentioned there, there's only three points in ourselves and Rangers and third, and we're sitting seventh in the league. So that was a big win, getting a first win against teams above the bottom four this season. So hopefully, our season can kick on, and hopefully Friday night we can get another three points. And I think it's a game where. Although Hibs will be tough, it's a game we should be looking to win because it's at home and if you're going to be in the European places, you need to beat the teams around you. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned before earlier on the season as well, the fact we've not got a number 10, we've got plenty of strikers, why not just go 4-4-2? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be a best that and 
I've, we've been spying about it for the past year that Stephen May works better with a partner. Um, and James Wilson works better with a partner. partner. Um, I know Wilson scored in midweek last week, but that's, um, he was helped with the fact that Scott Wright plays so close to him. Um, whereas on Saturday, Saturday, I keep saying Saturday, Sunday, um, he wasn't really off the same health. I mean, as I say, Fergus was more effective when he was going looking for the ball. I don't think he's a, he can play. Um, almost as the number 10 but I don't think he's the same player in that position um, the first half he never got a chance to play as a 10 because we were pinned, that back, pinned back that much uh, yeah. yeah I don't think he's a 10 either I think Scott Wright would definitely be disappointed the fact he never started after his performance last midweek I could understand though why he brought in the HR in the midfield because Kumarik do keep things very compact generally against us uh, but yeah it didn't work and at least we kind of recognised it mm-hmm. at half time yeah, I know they beat you for Todd earlier in the season, but then you had a man sent off for nothing. So, true. The boy, I think one player who was brought in to be the number 10, but it's not working out, he's not even in the squad these days, Forrester. I have a feeling he's going to be away back there south in January. He can't, he can't get in that 18. That it's, it's just not working. Not working. And, and as far as, as far I know, know he's not injured. Not injured. Yeah, plenty I'm, of speculations I'm, about what the situation might be, but maybe unfair to say. Um, yeah. yeah. Tell me off You never know. The, the thing that we, uh, I spoke to about with Mayton at the weekend, what if maybe you forget sometimes with footballers, is he's come from down south, staying in Peterborough or whatever nearby. I don't know whether he's got family or that. That's worth them up here or not, and if you're maybe not happy in your own life or whatever, and different things like that, that could have an effect. I'm not saying that's anything to do with it, but I'm just saying that when players move, they'd always settle at clubs for various different reasons. Yeah, we've yeah, got we've history that because I remember Craig Kidnett um, after a couple of months um, wanted to go back down south to close his family and went to Banzo, but then you had the extreme of Marcus Aitken and getting homesick and went to Wooten. Don't know how Luton's closer, closer to, to um, his homeland, but, but <laughs> never mind. Never mind. So, I don't know what the situation is. Uh, I don't think we've not really seen enough of him to comment. The, the glimpses we have seen, I don't know. He's looked just kind of average. But then when you when we heard that we'd signed him in the summer, you looked through the Peterborough forums and that folk were like, if he's on his game, terrific. If he's not, then he's a passenger. Um, Cleason's are another one I thought Cleason's looked alright at times but mm-hmm. the emergence of Ferguson is um, well, say emergence that Ferguson's mm-hmm. unstoppable effectively just now so interesting because you would imagine when those two players have come from down south they'd be on a decent wage decent wage mm-hmm. coming from the championship so Mm-hmm. Uh, good to see Considine back in the squad as well. Yeah, um, yeah, that was a, a quite recovery. It was good to see it wasn't anywhere near as bad as what we all feared at Hamden. Um, but Max has come in and done well, so it's going to be hard for Considine to get back in the team. The more low keeps playing well, and you just got to hope that. That when we play Hibson on Friday night, we know it's going to be a tough game, but I just hope he doesn't um, go to his defensive special when we're at home. Um, you know, play, 
put put right back in the team um, or start with Stephen May and Wilson and um, have a go because how's back for Tampa Beach and no, that's, no, that's a couple of games they haven't they scored, scored now. I mean, they, and they deserve, they deserve from what I saw in the highlights, they deserve their defeat on Saturday, Saturday to St. Johnson, who are going very well. What a reaction they've had to a 6 defeat, winning four games with four clean sheets. Milligan's been playing centre-back for him recently, who's obviously signed as a midfielder, so yeah, they're vulnerable in defence just now, so let's go to up front and have a goal. Do you honestly think Hibs didn't deserve to win that game? The highlights I saw, I thought Hibs did. They had plenty of shots, and everything was most of them on target. Well, it's just my barely in the game, and then there's a couple of sort of highlights. Well, they had a penalty saved, and then they get the the set piece with a late goal. So, like you say, it's good for some judgment to bounce back. But if I were Neil Lennon, I'd be scratching my head like, how did they win that game? They only lost it. I didn't think it looked at all. I thought it looked all right. A few shots in range from Marlon. Was there much else, really? I think the stats were had three shots in targets and Johnson had six. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That must be the most deceptive highlights I've ever seen now. Because it looked real how they're all But Gary... Yeah, Gary Parker came out at the end of the game said Hibs passed him a tour and they didn't play well enough. So I think that sums it up to me from what I've seen. But as I get to say, another terrific win for St. Johnson. Um, I mean, they're doing all this without Tony Watts going. I don't think he's scored since August. He's not scored these four games. Missing all sorts from last weekend. I guess that's it. Aye, that was just Mr. Satter had a penalty saved and all sorts of things. He was But he's too busy selling his jerseys. And for charity, if you follow on Twitter, then it's just what he's doing. He's picked up a few sort of jerseys out of his cl- uh, cupboard. He's had a few folk donating some for uh, just selling them, auctioning them for charity, which is great. I think maybe Tommy Wright's maybe looked at things in terms of being more expansive and going, right, let's get back to basics. Because um, St. John's were always uh, a team that pr- kind of prided themselves on how solid they were defensively. But they've got, yeah, yes. more, they, they've got that wee bit of a more creative edge now. I mean, you look at our bench now, and they've got Wallerspoon and Swanson, who would usually be considered, certainly maybe a couple of seasons back, when Swanson was first there, regulars. They're coming off the bench, affecting the game. The boy Wright, I know, on the wing, he's been getting praised a fair bit for the last few games. As well, so... Aye, they're, they're, they're going very well. They've obviously had to change their team. The average age team brought down. Um, a lot of their Scottish Cup winning teams moved on. So, um, but yeah, Tony Wright's shown again what a good manager is. Interesting, he's at a contract this season. So, um, will this be the year he finally goes, or Ross and Johnson continue to manage to keep him tied down? The third one does have a hibs as well. Like Ryan Portis was getting a fair bit of praise early in the season, but he's been on the bench. I don't know why Milligan's been playing at centre back. Because when Milligan first came in the team, he's playing, see, like kind of defensive mid, doing really well. Unless maybe Lennon's just maybe searching for ideas because they've they've had a kind of indifferent period of form, or he's trapped a ten point as when being young, no, but no burn them out or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, well, what you said about to try and get back on one 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 Friday. That's a nice weekend to watch. Yeah. Rangers. 
it's not been it's great for Rangers recently, has it? I mean, the, 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 the midweek drawing has come on. Um, they struggled against St. Martin, but then, I can't remember saying much, because Celtic struggled in the there as well. And that looked as the game was going on, as if it was going to be another 0 0, which would be a great result for St. Martin, and very strange if they managed to pick it up, given they'd only had two draws of certain Rangers. But in the end, Rangers got lucky, because Candy Ash was crossing the ball and it went in it. <laughs> There's no, no way he meant that. that. Like, he was looking at the back post to put that in as a cross, um, and uh, the conditions are the ones were just horrendous. The rocket catching in the as it was. So, uh, I think they've benefited from that. But um, yeah, make your own luck, I suppose. They were, Rangers were the team doing all the attacking. Uh, they obviously killed off the game with the second goal from Morales as well. But um, and then got very strange because I've. Have you seen, have you the, seen candy the candy aster when it gets sent off? I'm, I'm still, still scratching as to what that's that second for. Is it for the fact that Anton Ferdinand had worked with him? I have no idea what that second beacon was all about. Okay, so the is all that it seems to. That's what he gets sent off for. He certainly got booked for celebrating his goal. Yeah, fair enough, we left to the play, we know that one's a yellow card, that's. Everybody moans about it because it's a ridiculous yellow card to get, but you know it's a yellow card, can't even look at it. The second one, it's almost like Molly Collins just goes into his day job and he becomes a teacher and he thinks, oh, two people have been involved in something, they must both be exactly the same at fault for, book them both. Oh, you've already been booked, you know. But when you see the replay, there's nothing in anything, there's nothing worth booking, there's nothing worth even talking to. Um, it's just it's ridiculous. So, yeah. Yeah. It's just where they call them, and be the headline act. But such as the bereft of refereeing talent in Scotland, that he's not someone that you would send down to League Two or junior football. He'll still referee a top flight game, maybe worse than a top championship game. Terrible refereeing, and it's. That second booking is probably one of the worst bookings I've seen, seen since Paul Gascoigne get booked for booking the referee, referee Douglas Holt, <laughs> back in 1995-96. I don't think I've ever seen one of the worst of that one. No. But you can't appeal that, that's the thing, they just can't appeal that because it's a booking. You can only appeal bookings if it's mistaken identity. I've got to argue that's mistaken identity, so what do you do? Aye, the one that should have got the yellow card was Willie Cole for being a Willie Cole. Aye. See, one thing I noticed, see Morella's goal, he makes a habit of that. He likes a goal from a different, difficult angle, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's probably waiting for the goal, he'll struggle, but aye. If you put him for a different angle, but he'll thrive on it, you're right. Yeah. Is he good on the floor, Morella? I mean, the boot leads are just open. He can continue that on Thursday night in Moscow. Aye, um, he certainly um, improved his game. Seen he's always got his issues with his temperament, which I'm sure he's been working on. But um, maybe that's why he didn't do a Channel 4 interview. Um, but yeah, um, it was a, a good finish by the As for St. Martin, um, a point would have been obviously nice, especially given the fact that they were horrendous against Mother. Um, midweek, midweek 2-0 going, going on about 5 or 6 and um, um, Ryan Plunkett deservedly sent off as well, well. but they, they need, need to start, to start 
picking up their performances against teams that smart. It's all well playing well against Celtic and playing well against Rangers, almost getting a draw. But they've got to do it against the teams around them, and they've got a big, big game this week against the Dundee Dens Park. Yeah, I, I think the problem I've got is I don't see any improvement in St. Martin. They look like a team that's trying their best to get to January so they can change their team. But there's lots of games to play before then. But this weekend is massive for them. But there's nothing, there's, there's nothing for me to say St. Martin are going places, are going to improve. Dundee, on the other hand, they look better against Motherwell. I'm right off the Celtic game because they were right rotten against Celtic and Celtic then went out and scored exactly the same number of goals against the Wade Leaders as they did against the Team Bottom so you can forget about that one the, the game against Mullerwell they looked more organised Jim McIntyre looks like he's making a bit of progress with what he's got I'm sure they'll be looking forward to being able to change the team in January himself but there does seem to be that little bit of progress for Dundee so at the moment I think if Dundee are taking a run this weekend I think Dundee are the team that's going to win it which will finally left them off the bottom of the table they just they look like a team that's actually something to cling on to improve I don't see anything in St Murray the game against Celtic for St Murray was the day that Celtic were rotten and jams and tend to get themselves sent off Celtic could still be there tonight and not be playing that and not be able to score in that game both of us have improved since but so for St Murray to get that 0-0 it was almost disappointing for them because they had the better chances in the first half that day. And against Rangers, they were just defending. And the conditions were playing as much a part of anything. Like I say, the conditions probably helped get the first goal, but they were stopping other things from happening as well. Rangers were just not playing that great. Um, got a bit of luck and they end up and scored a good second goal. But I don't, I, there's nothing. I don't, I don't see any improvement on much for us. And so, like I say, I think if, if anybody's going to win in that game at the weekend, it would have done I think there's maybe been half the, the, here and there with St Mirren have done alright. St Mirren maybe looked at Aberdeen in terms of how we managed to frustrate Rangers last week and thought right we'll try and do the same. I, I don't know. But obviously a big game of the weekend but there's also uh, St Mirren against Hamilton in a few weeks as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah but they're, they're starting to get away. I mean, um, they're the, they're a good win at the weekend against Livingston. Um, Despite being good down to 10 men, Barr was sent off for two bookings, which I don't think there was any argument with those bookings. But I mean, Hamlet was sitting six points clear or something at the moment, with Motherwell quite ahead of them. So there's a nice gap between Livingston and Motherwell, but there's also a nice gap between Hamlet and St. Mum. And that don't see that changing at the weekend. I mean, Dundee, as I think, are going to beat St. Mum. That'll take Dundee at six points. There's still four behind Hamilton, assuming Hamilton don't win. I think both, I think both teams are as bad as each other. I actually think I actually yeah, would say it's 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 I've got a wee bit more to, about them than Dundee. I think they've got a wee bit more of a creative spark about them. Dundee. I can't see anyone for Dundee. Dundee have. I mean, last year they went totally great either. Uh, who in that team really provides any creativity? That you think, oh, aye, he's going to be able to do something. Yeah, I think the, the two of them is bad as each other. I mean, they've both got the worst goal difference. Um, they've also got the lowest points total. Um, they've only collected seven points between them. Um, and Hamilton have also got ten. Um, so that just sums up the problems of those two teams. And as you say, Chris, it's one thing. Oh, aye, let's get to January and then make the changes. 
they've got they've to get got the to points, get points on the board, the board now, now before, before Hamilton Mullow get further away. And the two of them could end up cast adrift. I agree with you, I think Dundee, given Matt and Taj's reputation, you know, will will be able to pull have the more potential to pull away than St. Manuel, because there's just no identity really to St. Manuel just now. Um, I know they've got some players like Adam Hamill and um, Ryan Flynn and Simon Jackson who were good in Scottish football, who were decent a while back, but they need to get these players up to speed and it doesn't help when Ryan Flynn gets himself sent off and um, stuff like that. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting weekend with those two playing each other to see um, who's more likely to survive at the two. But don't you have any chances to score? I think they've only scored five goals this season. Yeah, they both the two of them have only scored five. You think Kenny Miller comes in, you think maybe Kenny Miller will maybe give him a lift. Maybe his experience will help out. I don't see anyone in that team that... will do anything. Whereas I think with the likes of Hamill and Jackson, I think they've got a wee bit more about them. I, I forgot Kenny Miller was even still at Dundee when he played against Celtic midweek. That's how anonymous he's been since he went there. Yeah. And his old club defeats have come up buses for him after being so long undefeated under Gary Holt and then lose two in a week. So Gary Holt's obviously talking about making sure they don't get dragged into anything. But I think they've got more about them, they've got more fight about them. Then Boston, St. Man and Dundee put together, so I think they'll be okay. Um, but I think we expect at some point that they would start falling down a wee bit, although they are only three points behind Rangers, but it's just the way the league is that Livingston have went from four to eight in the back of two debates. Is that just the way the top flight is? Just yeah, the other bit of Aberdeen have won two games in the bounce there, and it's still only seven. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was surprised when I seen that because I thought two games of bounce, I must have been the for a bit. No, they've got one's place. Because St. Johnson have obviously they played their game and we had semi final weekend, so that's had um, part of thing to do with it. But it's interesting to see people saying I have had a good season so far, and I believe had a poor season. Hibs are only above us on goal difference. Just show us how technically it is. Cup finals to look forward to as well. Yeah, exactly. exactly. We're still, we're still, I know it's, uh, we're still trying to find the, the team. We've, there's been injured, has been injured. We've had a few injuries. No consistency of selection. Whereas the last few games has been a wee bit more um, of a consistent selection. So I think things are definitely on the up. Yeah. yeah. There, there, there was good news for Hubs in the cup final and the women's cup final. They thumped Willowville 8-0, yeah. which is, 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 is just one goal less than they thumped Celtic in the, the League Cup final early on the season. So they got their double, uh, they're targeting the table next year. So uh, That'll be interesting to see if they get there. Um, to see if they can find a break, Glasgow City strangle hand on that league title. Yeah, I think Willowville have just seen what quality they're going to come up against next season, because they've also just been promoted, and I didn't actually know um, that there was two women's divisions until... You, you mentioned it last, last week, week, so... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I actually did one more call-up next season, so I'll look at that. But I want to do... But, I mean, like, Celtic, they thumped in 9-0 in the League Cup, and Celtic finished like, thumped in the Yeah. Um, we touched on the European games last week in context, so I don't think there's much point talking too much about them this week. We'll cover them, obviously, next week. The Championship. Gary Caldwell. 
Yeah. It's not quite, it's not starting to be for him, has it? He's brought it on himself. Oh, sorry, I'm not going to say that. I haven't seen that. Sorry, it's just a quick correction. I'll get a Nah, that nah, they, they, they don't they seem to be going very well. Again, again so this, this, this new manager bounced doesn't seem to be happening very, very, very much this season. There's been enough new managers appeared in the week. Was it Breaking City? Picked up a new manager? Yeah, Barry Smith. So yeah, there's just been a lot of it recently. But nah, they don't seem to be going anywhere. Which is... He's got a bit of concern. Because they're only a point ahead of Alwa. No, they said they'd go somewhere, and that's the win. And the last time they were relegated from Premier League, they went down into the third tier. So, you never know. I think it's Falkirk that's going to be keeping them up, though. I mean, they're just... They're four points by now. Buy a win. I think me and McKinnish, just to get this information, I think me and McKinnish should have been at the Falkirk Stadium on Sunday, because... Our director of podcast and Craig was playing a charity game, game uh, Ranger Celtic win. His team won 8 2. Um, they raised money for Scottish autism and they raised 100 pounds, so yeah, well done to them. Um, but Celtic fans don't have good luck at that stadium because obviously a bunch of Celtic fans lost to us. Okay, let's show it a charity game. This one. I've lost to Craig's team. I should say as well, our old pal that we used to pick for the first goal scorer, Craig Moore. Helped me yeah, win a yeah. coupon at the weekend. So, thank you. Dan. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
see what happens. Plenty of play for in the championship anyway. Listen, I was only in League One, you were right, our boss are the teams are unbeaten. Nine wins with two draws, and I've seven points square of the 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 because no one would expect Parts to be talking about the, top of the Premiership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, being tapped to go down. And it's currently sitting top in the Championship. I don't know if anybody's tapped them out but I don't think anybody's tapped them out The Hooders are like one. Folk talk about the Hooders. That's certainly what happened. And then in week two, you've got Edna City just got knocked off by Peter Head, so that's probably the one that isn't a surprise. But Edna City until last week were a bit of a surprise for most people. Not myself, but. But yeah, Peter Head, I thought it was on the floor, the one people were expecting to be there. I think the team that were along with three Clovers expected got were Dumbarton. And now they're bottom, whereas Montrose, who started the day bottom, went up to sixth place. As a result of their victory. So, again, another one of these weird ones where there's not much between a certain number of teams, I think, from Stradra in fifth and Barton, there's only four points, and then there's another three points up there at the fourth for another point to East Fife. But our both are way out just now, seven points clear. A good goal difference. So, yeah, Dick Campbell's doing a tremendous job there. He's obviously been around and he gets sacked before for that year that he gets sacked before for they went down and our both went up. He nearly got them up last year, they were in the playoffs but missed out. Didn't think they'd be in there again but they're doing well. So moving on, the Scotland squad was announced today. We touched on it a wee bit last week in terms of lack of strikers. Phillips might be back in. I'd actually forgotten about Stephen Fletcher. Uh, he's, 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 he's scored three goals this season. Sorry, two. Um, two. Um, <laughs> can, we, can, we can we just play Johnny Russell instead? Phillips actually did all right on up front against somebody. Okay, who was that again? There was a game where he played well up front. Albania. Oh, mate, Burnley, you're sorry. sorry. Um, no, I don't remember playing well up front. Maybe I'll play it. Maybe I'll just say, I'm pretty sure he scored. Uh, I think he'll go with it. I think he'll go with McBurney. McBurney's at least scored a few goals. He's definitely brought Russell off the bench. That might have been a friend one. Russell plays well against Albania alongside Naismith. McBurney, I haven't seen play well for Scotland. He just looks like a fish out of water. But I hope he proves me wrong if he's selected, obviously. I have a feeling he'll. Start Stephen Fletcher. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll either be Hammer Phillips, Phillips um, for some reason. Um, um, one, one thing I, where I would look, look for Scotland to play, um, I would consider starting Ryan Christie off the front and put McGregor in alongside McGinkis. Sure, Armstrong's not getting games for Sir Armstrong. He came off the bench the other day for eight minutes against City when the game was already done. He's only played about 100 minutes for Sir Armstrong. For, for, for me, me the, 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 the form players at the moment are in that midfield are Christian McGregor and probably Mackay Stevens. But I would go with Fraser and Forrest as your wingers. I think you go... I, I would personally go with three up front. Fraser, 
Forest and he ain't ever. I don't know who. Um, Russell, Russell maybe. maybe. Mm, I don't know. I, we, the way we play, probably you're better to have maybe someone with a wee bit of presence. You could put Russell in there and then just have the three of them all interchanging, but I don't think McLeish is clever enough to do that. Um, so... I'd like to see us play 4-3-3. We won't do that either. It'll be 3-5-2. Um, because you know that Tierney and Roberts in the conundrum with that, they both play. I hope it does. I hope it does. He needs to stop doing that. Because it doesn't matter. Either of them, it wastes both of them. Just play 4-4-2. Play by the left back. Play whatever put on the bench. Just bite the bullet with that one. I know they're the best players we've got, but you need to pick one. It'll be Rob Watson because he's a captain. Yeah. I would, I would, personally, I would actually um, go with Tierney right back, back again. Um, I, know I know that that's not his most comfortable position, position, but when he when played there um, under Sasha, it was working um, for a wee bit, because um, I'm not convinced of the Dono at a national level, not 100%. I know he played well against Albania, but he didn't look great the last couple of games. I think either play Tierney right back or put him in the bench, as you say, because we can't have this trying to shoot on the two of them in the team where it affects. Both of their games. I would rather see Tierney at centre-back than I would at right-back, because I don't think right-back works. I've watched him there a couple of times for Scotland, but he's there on the stack, and it... As much as I would love him to be the next Danny McGrain, when it comes to Scotland, he was also moved to the other side to accommodate a different Um I don't think it works quite as well. He was far more solid at centre-back for Scotland than he was at right-back. And we're going to struggle because Mulgrew's injured... He's in the squad, but he seems to be injured, but I doubt he'll play. Um, so what, what the other option is playing at centre-back is there's an opportunity to play Devlin and McKenna. Makes sense. Play each other. Play each other. Anytime they play together as well, we've been far more sort of defensively. Yes, we think back to when we had uh, Webster and Presley playing together at Hearts and playing for Scotland. Yeah. I think, uh, if you've got that opportunity, I think it can actually work for you. But like you, you get, if they're playing week in, week out together, then great. That's maybe the thing that goes against it, actually, because Devlin and McKenna haven't been playing week in, week out as much as you guys invite them to. There's been a combination of injuries and suspensions to that. Obviously, McKenna was injured at the start of the season, then when he came back, Devlin was suspended for. I pref- denying the goals of 24 yards out. And then the two of them played against Celtic and McKenna gets suspended um, for a couple of games for the um, tackle against Celtic, um, which we'll not go into. <laughs> and it's only been recently been back in together for the last three games, and well, obviously we've won them, so um, I think they look a good partnership. Do I see, Do I see that, that happening in this, in this game? game? I'm not sure. I'm actually quite surprised there's only three natural centre-backs in there, especially with Mulgrew being injured. Um, I thought he might have brought in maybe someone like David Bates, who's playing very well for Hamburg. I get it's not um, Bundesliga Hamburg, but in the, the league below, but they're playing, he's playing very well, getting great reviews. And surely the second thing Bundesliga isn't um, worse than the English Championship in terms of quality. Championship is such an overrated league. In my, in my opinion, but that's my opinion. The thing as well, if you play Devlin and McKenna together, apart from the fact that they obviously play with each other at Aberdeen, they, they do complement each other really well, because McKenna's more your kind of brute strength, centre-back, get the ball away. The only, the only problem you maybe have, if we're trying to play maybe a, a bit of football, they're not, neither of them are that great in the ball. 
But defensively, mm-hmm. they're both really good. Because um, Devlin's reading of the game is terrific. Right. Uh, they both love defending, that's what makes them good. It seems to be an that that it's taken away from defenders now. You know, you a lot of teams like the defenders to be ball playing centre backs, which is all well fine, but in the day they've got to, their first job is to be a defender. So, you know, I wouldn't have any problems with. Um, um, having McKenna and Devlin and saying about if they do their job first because it's up to guys coming forward like Campbell Gregor, John McGinn, Ryan Fraser as far as if they both play to make things happen at the other end no, Scott McKenna and Cal McGrewer, Michael Devlin whoever's in the back three or four I hope it's a back four I think McLeish might be rigid and go with three and have Robertson playing out of position as a wing back as opposed to being a natural left back I think as well, um, in midfield, the fact McGregor's been playing that kind of deeper role for Celtic could, hopefully, if McLeish thinks, well, let's maybe do the same. Because if, mm-hmm. McKe- the De- if it was Devon De- De- McKenna, whoever plays defence, it then gives you more options in terms of, like, you can go short, you can go long at times. Like, give it to McGregor, let him do the creator side from deep. McGinn's, well, McGinn could be alright as well, at times. I don't think he's a good a pass of the ball though as McGregor. Um, you just want to, I always just think as well with Scotland, like, be a bit more creative, inventive of that movement as opposed to being rigid to positions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. But I mean, the, the squad might change because we're still getting around the fixtures to play, so there's always somebody calls off in the Monday after the, the games at the weekend, so. Um, Hopefully that won't be the case this time, because we've already had colours for this one, the likes of Naismith missing and Griffiths missing. So hopefully, fingers crossed. I don't really expect my group to come. I must have asked, but we'll see. Is there anyone that's not there that you'd have in that's fit? Not really, let's see, buddy. What about Boyle? Boyle, 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 Boyle at Hibs before he goes and wins on the yesterday's Australian Anthem? See, that goes above the board. To be honest, well, that's Sean Shakers. This would have been an ideal time to get him called up. Although Boyle's not actually natural out in its shaker. It's just. Marlon, maybe at Hibs? No, I keep. Who? Marlon. Yeah, I think there's enough attack midfielders in there. It's maybe too soon for him, but I think his chance will come. Um, I'm surprised. I'm quite surprised Tom Kearney um, hasn't made the score though. As he actually decided he doesn't want to play for Scotland, he's holding out for a single court, which Gareth Southgate said um, he's not interested in killing up Tom Kearney. Depends what you need. Aye, but Kevin McDonald made it. I don't know how he's still in the squad. I know he's playing. He's playing weekend, weekend in the Premier League, but he's not playing very well. And he's out. He's out for that national jersey. Nah, I don't get that one at all. No, no, I'm, I'm still struggling to come up with anybody because obviously we've been thinking about this when Smith and Griffiths been out. Which is kind of that was the issue. Was who was going to play forwards? Um, I'm not sure Stephen Fletcher's the answer, but I don't even have a better option. So. Because someone, someone else suggested else Jordan Rhodes, but I think he's only scored four goals in the championship. Who's going to get Alan McCoy still in his retirement for all the names we're bringing up here? Stephen Dobie. Stephen Dobie. 
Stephen Dovey. There we go. Yeah, That's a great shoot. Let's get on. Why not? Huh? He's scoring goals. Have Osh Ackland. He's had about the sport. He went out. Well, we'll lose Ferris. He scores anyway. Keep it a shout. Big games as well. The last set of fixtures for under-21 Scotland, they couldn't even get start. He was coming off the bench. It's because you're playing at Aberdeen. You know the rest of the team haven't got a clue with Aberdeen at Aberdeen players are getting in the Scotland squad now, though. Under McLeish. Uh, that's, I mean, uh, that's, that's the problem with the biggest surprise, surprise is there's no fewer than four Aberdeen players in the squad. Three yeah. of them are on defence. Although Shinny's listed as defender, but he's been playing midfield. Um, um, I've got to say, there's no chance going to try to play that left back, though. No. No, definitely not. Um, but, I mean, there's, there's the boy Hornby's been playing um, the under 21s, but he's not getting. Um, First team opportunities for Everton yet, so um, it'll be a while for him. I think. I think he needs to be sent out and loan. Um, I know Billy Gilmore's made noises about um, getting out and loan uh, for Chelsea, and if he does that and goes to a decent club, he could elevate himself into Scotland squad at some point in the near future. Tony Watt finds his form again. He might be back in the car. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that he'd explode. Brophy well. we spoke, spoke about, about more, more at one point as well. What's that? Brophy. Is he the Irish? No? No? No, I thought it was. I don't know. For some reason, I thought it was Irish. Maybe just one of the names. The name. Stereotypical. Stereotypical. <laughs> that sound Irish, I would say. Yeah, I know. But I think it's. Uh, I think one of Malcolm McKay's biggest, biggest projects, projects, projects to pass on to these coaches, coaches um, is um, find a striker and just <laughs> see what see we can what come up with. Because um, right now it's a case of you need me to remind me what I feel do. Because there's that, that really not much to put you 24 of them there. Um, but why is it every time we talk about Scotland on these podcasts it brings it so downbeat? Because. That's just the, the way it is. <laughs> the psyche. Uh, yeah. Well, we're targeting top of the, the, the group, group so, so um, um, yeah, fingers uh, crossed. crossed. <laughs> yeah. right, let's move on to something different. We all see that earlier on, I think we enjoyed it because we all like a good start. So, the Football Observatory, a research group within Switzerland's International Centre for Sports Studies, provided some interesting stats about. Tall players, young players, foreign recruits. It's no as good, I suppose, because we've all read it. Did you read it, Chris? Aye, I had it pretty early. Because we could have done a guessing game, but we've all seen it. Aye. Aye. Mm-hmm. Some of it was quite interesting. Tell us anyway that's in the starts. Maybe no as much to the listeners, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I would have yeah, liked to have seen things like who, who was the tallest player. I don't see that listed. I mean, they mentioned Joe Lewis then because of them being, what, 6 or 5 or 6 or 4, but no point in actually saying who the actual tallest was. It's just because it's obvious what happens to cross the team. Well, who might it be? If I think. Thank you, Vicious Fred. What's that, Benkovic? Is he 6'5? I don't know. He's. Huge. Huge. <laughs> Aye, but what's his height? Uh, no. No. Yeah. 
Benji was six foot four. I thought Wikipedia so. Uh, I'd be guessing that Lewis is the tallest in the league, but let's see, that's that's guesswork. Um, but I've seen that we had, I don't know if you mentioned that, they're doing that the average height, um, Aberdeen did have the tallest no, score in the league. Yeah. I think Celtic was next, wasn't it? Yeah, Celtic was next. What I would have liked to have seen, though, in, in context with that as well, is who scores the most goals from set pieces. Probably Levinson, I would think. <laughs> I tell you who it's no, it's no Celtic, because we were astounded that we scored for a corner at the weekend. And that was big for it, actually. One slightly interesting thing, just because of where they are in the league, Dundee and St. Mirren are the two teams with the, the shortest players in the league. Yeah, funny that. It was interesting, which league post the oldest person. Scotland's got an average age. Selected first 26.47 um, in Turkey, Turkey is just touching on 29. Dundee were the youngest as well, weren't they? Dundee were the youngest, so there's an argument that inexperience was a problem as well. Yeah. Uh, Celtic, Celtic were the second most involved that are being trained by the club the most. More, more minutes played by club trained players was Hibs. Oh, it's about 30%. I mean, it's not too bad. I mean, Celtic's like 25% or something like that. And Hamilton's slightly above that as well. So. That surprised me. I mean, I know Celtic are quite good when it comes to having Scottish players on the, the team these days, but um, to be, to be one, like, the second best in the league for playing homegrown players, that's... I, well, sorry, third best, the fact that Celtic are so successful and they're playing Scottish players, players. just get a hope it goes through to the Scottish national team. Aye. Well, uh, the, the team that uses the most non Scottish players was Motherwell. Was it? Was it was yeah. I'm, I'm not overly surprised because I remember last year, Motherwell. Signed a, a good number of players from down south and they added to that in the summer, so not overly surprised about it, but yeah, I thought Hearts might be number one, but they've obviously got a few Scots in their team that um, have maybe levelled that up a wee bit. It wasn't there, but I'm just thinking. Yeah, I know, some, some of the stats, it's just typical. You give us all these stats, and we're still more happy with more. No, aye. Stat daft. Stat man John. That does the date of the podcast. The minutes played by club train players, Hibs have the highest. And the lowest there is Hearts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try to throw anything else we've seen this week that was entertaining in Scottish football. No, the no, most entertaining thing is still trying to watch Chris Boyd dance. Yes. <laughs> or whatever he was trying to do. 
That yeah, much, I've just got 10 goals in one week, crops out there. Oh, I know what it was. John, did you get a ticket for the cup final? Yeah, set was it. Well, we had to make do with the West End because the South Stand was sold pretty much straight away. So, if you're getting your ticket, you'll be in the the West End, so good luck to you. I'm sure you'll get yours. Wow. Uh, if you, so if you have, you have, it's, it's always enough. You know, one Aberdeen fan, you can get a ticket for a cup final. You won't go sit in Aberdeen. You have, have the ballot people going to say we're fine. I think we've we've done well to get the twenty thousand. At least they made it. You know that Celtic got the majority. They get the North Stand. Aberdeen can't complain. As I mentioned last week, and obviously didn't try and get more. Um, but the way um, they've, the way done, they've it done, it done it is that we've got, got to a certain point to sell 16 and a half, um, and then if we sell that, we can get the, the rest if we sell it, and if we don't, we can hand them back to Celtic. I know that's no comfort to Celtic fans who went to Seinfeld um, and aren't getting a ticket, and I do sympathise um, with them, but um, yeah, um, well, let's just hope there's a big uptake from Aberdeen to it. Gives us a good presence at home because we'll need it in the day. Hopefully, it's a full stadium. Any of us should be bigger stadium in Scotland. Yeah. The finals always better supported. They've based it on the last few finals that Aberdeen have been in. You just hope that when they do redevelop Hamden after 2020, that they do increase the stadium by at least. 10,000 there's, there's no, re- no people said but there's not the demand for Scotland Scotland, um, Scotland games Scotland right now but when Scotland were doing well there was a there was so there was much so demand they had to cut the Scottish sports membership because it was always 50,000 and there was a complaint then that we didn't have enough so I think you're always going to be phases now but for cup finals especially teams like you know Celtic Rangers Aberdeen Hearts and Hibs involved there's always going to be you know a big support no, no, I know I Aberdeen, Aberdeen um, are only getting 20,000 this time, but they did take 40,000 in the cup final if they can't fix it. If Aberdeen were playing, say, St. Mim or something in the cup final, they'd be a bigger demand because they'd know that they'd sell more, um, a lot more tickets because they could get hold of more. It's more difficult when they're playing Celtic, obviously. Yeah, and I mean, they sell it half, but you can find more field as well. Yeah. What's that, John? Stadium wouldn't be filled enough. Yeah. Apart from maybe what, how many games a season? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Aye. Because I mean, if say for example, I don't know. Like say there was a Rangers Celtic final. I mean, how many tickets could that potentially sell? Over a hundred thousand. To keep everyone like to keep everyone happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I won't get down that road. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying we should go for something like. I'm not saying we should go for like 90,000 at Wembley, um, but somewhere about 60,000 for the next national stadium, um, possible 65. Was it I think it's 67 at Murrayfield. That to me is the key. The national stadium should be the biggest one in Scotland. Hamden's probably the biggest one in Glasgow. I know. But even Wales, Wales have got, um, obviously, the Millennium City, or whatever they've called it, I think it's the Vitality, um, uh, or whatever it is. 70,000, and that's been built, you know, that's been built correctly, all the stands right next to the pitch. I mean, Millennium City looks like a terrific atmosphere, so Wales also, because they demand to put their games um, to Cardiff City's guys for the right reasons. 
Um, but that's the kind of model we should look at for the next stadium. We say there's a running track, but that's a debate for another day. Have we got any positives to, to end on? Yeah. I'll mention just that Ross County um but the dual managers get managed in March of October, so there's some positive tender from their perspective. Yes. The feel good factor is back. And, was it, and Billy McKay got play of the month as well yeah, yeah. Aye, that's, that's, that's the bad one that's the positive aye, aye. was that you on there Chris no no <laughs> <laughs> are you missing Bake Off Bake Off finished I know that's what I'm saying you missing Bake Off no it's finished you get Bake Off with symptoms no it wasn't the greatest season I don't know what I fell asleep <laughs> Shall we wait it up then? I think we've run out of things to talk about. Yeah. Yes. Right, <laughs> hey, cheers guys. Cheers. 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 cheers.